You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. With me on Max's Island today, I've got Emily Silva-Hockstra. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the island. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to speak with you today. Emily, on Max's Island, we love to hear stories from our guests about that time in their life where they did something just for themselves or they made a decision that sort of went against the grain and perhaps against the advice of others or was just something that was a little special in their life and it changed everything? Do you have that time in your life where something like that may have happened to you? Well, yeah, I actually have a vacation that I took when I was working in corporate America. It was actually the longest vacation I had ever given myself. It was two weeks. Wow. And which in America, that's long. Um, Anyway, I went to Costa Rica and I went by myself. And during that time, I was just writing and swimming in the ocean and really enjoying having alone time. And I saw a flyer for an intuitive painting course and it intrigued me. So I signed up for it and I walked down this dirt road. I thought I was lost. And then this little green hut appeared and it was just me and this woman in this one room hut and she had paint and clay and she took me through this process that changed my life and through the process I painted I never painted before she had me use colors she had me uh not use colors she had me use the tip of the paintbrush she had me use the brush of the paintbrush it was very confusing but at the end I had this beautiful picture and I could see this wave because I love the ocean, but the wave was going back in on itself. And on the other side of the wave was this heart. And she interpreted the painting for me, which was really special. She said, it looks like you're afraid to go after what you really want. And I think it's love. And that sunk my stomach because there was a stranger in another world or another country. And she saw right through me. And I had this really successful job. I was doing all the things you're supposed to do in corporate America, making the money that you're supposed to make. And here's this woman telling me what I actually want, the things that I was afraid to tell myself. 
And then she gave me a word. She said, I want to give you a word. I give a word to every single one of my students. Your word is brave. And I started crying. And again, she saw me, she saw right through me. And I told her, I don't feel like I'm brave. I don't feel like that's a good word for me. And she said, you are brave. I want you to pick two cards. And she had a deck of cards in front of me. And I had never seen Oracle cards before. This was before I started like looking into Oracle cards and all that kind of stuff. So I picked the two cards and she said, the first one is how your life feels right now. The second one is how your life can be. So the first one was a picture of two men arm wrestling and they had these looks on their faces of strain and struggle. And it definitely coincided with the way that I was feeling with my job. It was, it was easy, but it was also struggle because I was always gone. I couldn't form relationships and it really was how I felt. I I was wanting to quit my job and go after what I really wanted, but I was so afraid because, you know, there was the security of a job. Then I flip over the second card and it's a picture of a girl back floating in a pool with her feet up. And it, to me was a picture of freedom and surrender and letting go. And at that moment, I'm like, I I have to let go of this job. It's the only way I'm going to feel free like this girl in the, in the picture. Now, some people would say these are just two cards and whatever, but for me, it was very profound because here I have this, this stranger giving me the word brave, which is what I needed to do. She saw that I was trying to go after love, which was something that I couldn't do in this job because I was gone all the time. And then there's these magical cards that were in front of me, like telling my future. And so for me, that experience was transformative. Like it it changed my direction. I made the decision to quit my job. I didn't actually quit my job for three more months because again, it's scary to say no to security, but I finally did do it. But I think the catalyst was this intuitive painting course. Emily, that's an incredible story, especially something you obviously didn't expect to do whilst on holidays. Oh, no. Yes. (laughs) I'm interested to know, how long had this lady been doing these courses and providing this advice? And, And did she present herself as simply a painting teacher or was she really a bit of a life coach? Well, I would, I hadn't, I'd never heard of life coach before. So this was before I had quit my job and learned about coaching. This woman had a piece of paper with marker taped to the coffee shop's wall. Like it it wasn't a formal flyer. She had no website. I just, I just found it. I was meant to see this sign that day because I was going into this coffee shop every morning for two weeks writing. I'd get my bowl of fruit. I'd get my iced coffee that sign wasn't there. And then one day I went in probably a week into my trip and I saw the sign and I called the number and she gave me these, these very strange directions to go on this dirt road. And she's like, maybe, maybe a mile, maybe not, but you'll see a greenhouse. Like it was just very unofficial. So I don't know how long she had done it, but she definitely had a gift. And I'm glad that I saw the sign the day that I did. And did you, Keep the painting. I did. It's actually framed and in my living room. And I guess that gives you incredible inspiration every time you see it. 
Yes. Actually, every time I see it, it makes, it reminds me that I chose the right path. It reminds me to be brave. It reminds me to stay true the, to the wildness inside of me because what that picture represents is I never want to be that wave going back in on itself. I want to be the wave that reaches to the shore and washes away what it needs to wash away instead of being afraid to reach the shore and maybe letting go of some things. Just before we go on to what happens next, the other thing I'm really interested in is oracle cards. You said you'd never experienced those. I've never experienced those. And how does it work? So I think there's like a really official way you're supposed to do them. And I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to, because for me, I just go off of intuition. So I find a deck that's beautiful to me or interesting to me. And I pull a card and I, I ask a question. I say, you know, should I quit my job or should I write another book? And whatever the card says, I, I don't take it as like, the only way, but I see like, is there inspiration in this? Is there something here for me to maybe journal on, to think about, to maybe change the way that I might be thinking because I can get really caught up in my own head. And so Oracle cards kind of pull me out of my head and have me question in a different way. So after you met the lady and did the painting course, you had a few more days left in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm you must have been starting to really think crazy things and, and, or did it really scare you that actually you may have to make a decision when you return? I actually felt really energized. I felt this energy just going through me and I I just started visualizing what my life would look like if I were to quit my job. I started thinking about like, I have this very practical side to me, like, okay, how much time do I have with the money that I've saved? And what could I do as a job? Because I had, I didn't know what I would do. And so my dream had always been to write a book. Now, I know now, now that I've been an author for a while, that you do not go running out of the gate as a New York Times bestseller, but that was my goal. And so I really thought, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be a New York times bestseller and I'm just going to write for the rest of my life. And that's going to be great. So I really felt this energy around creation, around freedom and travel. And that's just, I kind of just went with that. You get back to us and you said Mm -hmm. you gave yourself three months to think about it. And that's that practical side of you, I guess, and understanding um, about, planning the next stage. How did it play out for you? Well, I booked a one-way ticket to Bali and I quit my job after I bought that ticket. So they couldn't talk me into staying because I knew that they would say, you know, maybe how about this position or we'll pay me, pay you more money. And I didn't want to have that out. So I knew that if I had this one-way ticket, I would say to them, sorry, I've already bought a ticket to leave. And when I quit my, the president of the company was very gracious. He was my mentor. And I was actually afraid to tell him because I didn't want him to feel like I didn't appreciate all the things that he had done for me. So I cried when I quit, but he just gave me a hug and he said, you know, I've known this day was coming. And so it's kind of like, 
it felt like the world knew that I was supposed to do this. I was the last one to find out. And why Bali? Why didn't you go back to Costa Rica? Because I had went to Bali in 2012 and for my 32nd birthday, and it was wonderful, but it was a short trip because I was on vacation and I had to go back to work. And it was very transformational for me because it was just a very spiritual place. And I thought I need to come back when I have more time, I need to come back and stay in a small village when I have more time so I can really feel this culture. And so I knew that I was going to go back to Bali and I knew that I wanted to go back for at least a month. And this was my chance. And in Bali, was there anything that you did to give you further guidance or, you know, start to shape what you wanted to do? So I had these dreams of Bali being eat, pray, love, just like the book, but it was actually really hard. It poured rain for most of my trip. I saw lots of rats and stray dogs and the small village that I chose to live in was lovely, but it was, it was hard. And so for me, I was kind of in my head trying to like with my expectations, just really upset that this, you know, I, I waited this whole time to quit my job and now I'm here and just kind of being upset with the universe, just angry with the rain, the dogs, the rats, the, the whole situation. And then one day I just decided to be grateful. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I was walking into town into Ubud and I said, I'm going to be, I'm just going to walk around and find things that are good. I'm going to be grateful. And you know, I, I step over a dead rat, but there's a beautiful flower. I'm grateful for this beautiful flower. I'm grateful that I get to have this wonderful meal. And then that night I went back and I was swimming and it was raining. And I'm like, I'm grateful that I get to swim in Bali in the rain. And at that moment, the rain stopped and the clouds parted and the full moon came out and it was just amazing. And I thought, okay, I can change my mindset. I can, I can do better than my expectations and all these things that I'm holding on to so tightly. And it was just a, for me, Bali taught me that surrender is the key. Surrender and gratitude, I should say. I find that really challenging to understand especially that you're on your own. So I, I sort of appreciate the significance of it, that you were making the decision, decision yourself, but it must've been so hard to be on your own. As you said, you get in your own head. We all do that to be able to have that revelation. And, and maybe it was, you know, the, the spiritual nature of the rain stopping and the clouds parting and the moon appearing, but it must've been, you know, the, the lady talked about the word brave to change your mindset yourself. That I think that's something we all find really difficult to do. Is that something that is a pivotal moment for you? Yeah, I think for me, just because I have an anxious personality type, I have anxiety and it's really easy for me to see the negative and the transformative thought process of do I want to stay here or do I want to see the positive? Do I want to, it's kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself. Like, is this actually true? 
does Bali suck? Is it terrible that it's raining right now? No, it's not. It's just the, my expectation that made me so angry. So I did have to make that choice to change my thoughts, but it was after three weeks of misery. Like I didn't want to be miserable anymore. It's like, I have one more week in this country. Am I going to continue to just be pissed off or do I want to start go home with something to show for it? The expectation of going home again, that must have been putting incredible pressure on you and feeding that anxiety because you've made the decision and to, to quit your job. You've done the one way ticket to Bali and, you know, to get the, have the retreat of, of a month there and, and be with yourself the reality of coming back home into the routine, but also the expectation perhaps of yourself and also of others who you've spoken to about this change of life, that must have been very confronting for you to, to be thinking that I now have to do something. Yeah, I actually postponed it a little bit. I got a ticket to Australia. I had a friend that lived in Melbourne at the time. So I was like, I'm going to give myself 10 more days <laughs> before I go back. But even there, because she had known me since I was a child, it was like, what are you going to do? You know, you don't have a job. You've been working forever. Like, what are you going to do? And just being around somebody that knew me so well, asking me these questions kind of made it hit home. Like, wow, I don't have a plan. And I've always been the girl with a plan. And so not having an answer for her was really difficult. So when I did come home, I'm like, I got to write this next bestseller. So I just put my nose to the grindstone and started writing and writing and writing. And um, that book didn't get published. That book was rejected over and over and over again. But when I was in a coffee shop writing, a guy came up to me, just a random stranger and started telling me the sad story. And I gave him some advice, I guess. And he just said, this is another like catalyst for me is you should be a life coach. You're a really good listener. And I had never heard of life coaching. This was 2014. I don't think it was so mainstream back then. I had never even heard of Tony Robbins. Like it just wasn't something that was in my vocabulary. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, is that a real job? Because I'm so used to corporate titles. And he goes, yeah, you should look it up. So I looked it up. Sure enough, there was a school in San Diego uh, starting their classes the following month. And I'm like, I saved this money to live? Why don't I train myself in some type of skill? And I'm really glad that I went to this class and got the certification because that's what I've been doing since 2014 is writing and life coaching. Before we go on about your career as an author, the unpublished book, was that fact or fiction? It was fact. It was my, it was my great travel memoir because I had traveled all over the world with my previous company, which was a winemaking company. And it was just about like the things you see in the wine industry all over the world and didn't, nobody was interested. Is it still there in deep in your computer files? I mean, it's really interesting because I revisited it last year and I'm like, Oh, I am so happy this didn't get published. <laughs> so, And I think we all have, creation like that inside of us, whether it's painting or the book, it's kind of like, I want to get this out there, but sometimes just the act of getting it out of your head or your soul is all you need to do because 
then it's not living in there. And Maya Angelou said, there's no greater agony than the untold story inside of you. And I truly believe it because I've written lots of things that haven't been published, but I feel better getting them out. So what came first for you? Success in being a coach or becoming an author? And and what did you what did you write? I would say the coach happened quicker because it's easy because I was doing career coaching. So I was helping people change their jobs. And that was really easy to talk about because I had done it. And so and there were a lot of people, still there's a lot of people that are trying to quit their jobs and what do I do next? So that happened easier than the writing because you can write for a very long time and maybe no one's going to read it. So that was my case. I, I started a blog. I just started sharing my thoughts and things that I was thinking and going through. And my mailing list maybe had 50 people on it. Like nobody was reading my stuff. I had a hundred followers on Instagram and a publisher read me read a blog post. And she said, she sent me an email and said, would you like to write a book on gratitude? Cause I had been talking a lot about gratitude and how powerful it was because for me, it like added color to the world. It made the world like technicolor for me because I really started opening my eyes to how wonderful things were, as opposed to going into my negative thought patterns that I was so used to ever since I was a child. So she liked that and we collaborated on the book and that I got my first book deal in 2017, 16, 2016. And that to me, if you were to ask me, like to me, that's more successful. Even just that email was somebody actually read my work, which was my dream come true. So a year before I got the coaching. Okay. And then the next year I got the book deal, which is the thing I'm most proud of. I need to agree with you that you were an early adopter of being a life coach. How have you seen that industry, that role change over recent years as it's become more popular, in particular when with the pandemic and, and people were connecting more online and therefore the value of connection online was was increased? Do you see changes in in the way you you coach people and and has that the nuance of that business changed for you i have a i have a complicated relationship with the coaching industry because i feel that it has changed so much since the pandemic i feel like everybody is a coach now and so to me i think it's important to find a person who really speaks to you and basically lives where you would like to live or has done something that you would like to do because, you know, I feel just conflicted putting myself out there as a coach right now, because I just feel like it's, it's kind of like going online. It's just a lot of static. There's a lot of static out there. And so for me, I feel like the integrity of the career has kind of gone down a little bit. So for me, I'm like, I got to get more certifications or something, or maybe even become a therapist because I want to have that integrity. I really want to help people move forward in life. And it's hard to make it through the noise of everything that's out there. Interesting. That's your answer because I, I tend to agree with you. And that was why I asked the question. The, the, the noise is out there. It's, an, it's a great way of describing it. 
And coaching has seemed to evolve into the space that I guess self-help sat some time ago and it's becoming just another opportunity. And I think we do need mm-hmm. to be careful that the benefits of connecting with somebody, especially with a lived experience that you can relate to, that's, I agree with you, that is the most important thing with having a mentor, a coach, someone that can support you. We're all looking for that. And it's something that isn't just a cookie cutter approach and that you can put a shingle up and say, you know, I I, I can make your life better. And I think as humans, we know in reality, we're not going to change unless we connect with somebody who, who really has a similar life experience to us or a lived experience that we can empathize with and relate to. Yeah. And to add to that, you know, something that I saw a lot of in the last couple of years is these coaches or marketing people teaching coaches how to make six figures and X amount of like whatever. But it's like finding this one program where you teach somebody this one thing and then you charge them a premium price. And for me, I've always thought that coaching really isn't one size fits all because everybody is so different. And even with career coaching, I didn't have like a program where it was like, do these seven things and you'll find a new job. Everybody has a different experience. So that's why I say, if somebody's really thinking about getting a coach, like look for the person that's doing what you want to do or has done what you want to do. So, cause then you know that you're actually going to get that result as opposed to, or if you want to become a coach, be careful of that lure of making six figures in X amount of days or months, because it's probably not going to happen. Emily, as we start to wind up our chat today, Perhaps then you can finish on just explaining your business that you do have, give it a plug, but also what immediate successes you've had in recent times with people that you feel that makes you stand out and that relationship that you build with some of your clients, some of the people that you work with that makes all the difference. I think recently I've been really helping people navigate the publishing industry because I have a lot of people who ask me how did you get published and how do you go through it because it is it's a daunting industry so I help people with that and then the other the other part is people wanting to change their jobs and so my approach is one-on-one I don't have a course it's just let's talk about your situation and how to get you where you want to be and your website, do you want to give us a plug on it's that? Souls, it's soulsadventures.com, S-O-U-L-S, and then the word adventures.com. Why did you call it that? Well, adventure was very important to me. And then I felt like our souls propel us onto different adventures. So, you know, you're going to go on a different adventure than I am, or what you call an adventure is different than what I would. But I think it's because of our intuition and our soul that's propelling us into these different avenues. Emily, thanks for being on the island. Really love your story. It was quite unique what happened to you in Costa Rica. But at the same time, you're very honest about steps along the way, what happened in Bali, uh, the the fact that your first book wasn't able to be published. I think the level of resilience has come through our chat. You were been doing this for a while now you must be successful congratulate you on that change of career it was unbelievably challenging for you i no doubt and at the end of the day as you just said it's about what's right for you as an individual 
So thanks for being on the island and good luck. Thank you for having me so much. I appreciate it. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur. Oh, work and no play. And how, how it had turned out this way. Phone and nothing.